Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Franchising in You, a production of Franchise Foundry. My name is Paul Segretto. I'm your host every Saturday morning as we share information and perspective to help individuals understand all aspects of exploring, selecting, and starting franchise business. What a great show we had last week with my guest, Tom Spadia, as we discussed the good, the bad, and the ugly of business partnerships. I think it was a great primer to at least provide our listeners with some questions and considerations should they decide to explore a partnership in their quest to own their own business. If you missed last week's show, it is available along with all past shows at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Franchising and You. Franchising and You is brought to you in part by FranFund, recently named one of the top 10 franchise funding providers by Entrepreneur Magazine. FranFund crafts insightful funding strategies that helps solidify the dreams of franchise ownership while positioning franchisees for long-term success. Learn more at FranFund.com. The secret to owning the right franchise is no secret if you understand what it takes to succeed. The single most important factor is preparation. Knowing what to look for is what sets apart successful franchise owners who found the right franchise from those who did not. Well, who better than to help us take a deeper dive into finding the right franchise than today's guest, Nick Neonakis. Nick is an author, serial entrepreneur, longtime franchise professional. I'm proud to call him a friend. Nick, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Paul, thanks for inviting me on your show. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we are thrilled uh, to have you here, certainly. And I know after today's show, the people listening are going to be thrilled to have you back on the show. So we are going to have to think about that in the future, because today I'd really like to dive into the franchise MBA, the bestseller that you wrote. God, and I was looking, Nick, back at the uh, at the copyright. It's five, what, five years ago already or four years ago already. It's hard to believe. And, um, yeah, 2013. Wow. That was uh, – that was quite a journey. I mean, I've read this book several times. I look at it from the perspective of not only a person, you know, buying a franchise, <clears throat> excuse me, but as a person that works with individuals looking at franchise opportunities, I look at this as a great guidebook for myself. Anybody in franchising should be reading it. But today we're going to talk about it from the perspective of the individual that is looking and exploring franchise opportunities. So let's dive right in and ask the, the, the billion-dollar question, why did you write it? I mean, what was the motivation? Well, you know, Paul, I had spent a long time working with a fantastic organization, you know, First Service, which owns a number of iconic brands like Floor Coverings International, California Closets, Certa Pro Painters, Paul Davis Restoration, and had worked, was really fortunate to have worked with hundreds and hundreds of franchise owners, 
helping them buy a franchise through our group, helping them operate the franchise. And what I saw is that there are these immutable foundational components of people who were successful in owning a franchise. And then sometimes the people who weren't so successful, there were some components that they probably didn't spend as much time with. And so my motivation was to take some of the experience that I'd been fortunate to have, a lot of the conversations that I'd had over the years with, you know, franchise experts like you and Tom Wood and Charlie Chase. And I mean, the list just goes on and on. Steve Greenbaum, Jeff Sieber from FranFund. And, and I thought, you know, what if, what if we could make a guidebook to help people think about how would they go and investigate a franchise? Not, hey, you should go buy a franchise. A franchise is for everybody because it's not. But if you're so inclined to learn about franchise ownership as a means to independence, that if you had a series of steps to think through for yourself, to, to drown out the white noise, but to think introspectively about why are you trying to do this, and then what is the right fit for you and your family, that if we could create something like that, that it would really help a lot of people with their journey. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of mind blowing. That was five years ago. It's amazing how fast time goes by, but you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been the number one bestseller on Amazon since that time. And it's, uh, it's still the highest reviewed book on Amazon. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think probably that conversation that we had many years ago, Paul, where you gave me your insights that really helped with that book, um, you know, these are, these are time-tested components that I don't think they're really going to change, you know, five years from now or 50 years from now. It's pretty basic stuff, you know, when you really think about how do you know? And that's really the, the purpose of the book is how can you get to that level of understanding and knowledge? And, and so that's why we called it the Franchise MBA. Yeah, and very uh, aptly uh, titled because uh, it definitely is um, an NBA type journey, if you would. And I and I say journey because uh, the thing that always brings me back um, to my basis of thinking is looking through the book. You know, on the cover you have four rocks uh, across a stream, and of course in the various sections of the book uh, the rocks appear again, and it reminds me that it is a journey, and it's not a smooth journey. I mean, you have to carefully navigate across those rocks. Make sure there's not yeah. some slime on the rock in front of you that you step on and you're not firmly <laughs> planted, and you slip and potentially hit your head but certainly wind up in the water. So, I mean, it's really um, that type of journey for me, taking people through franchising, and I think you've done a, a fantastic job doing that in the book. Explain the uh, the four rocks, which I'm assuming are the four essential steps to owning a franchise. Sure, yeah, and, and you know it's funny. I'm sitting in my office right now, and I'm looking at a painting that I had commissioned of uh, of the, the, for the cover of the book. And I always tell people, if you think about this journey uh, that that you want to embark upon, it, think of them like rocks going across a stream, and just think about if you came up to a stream and you're hiking through the woods and you wanted to get to the other side, 
you never walked on these rocks before, but it looks like other people have. How would you approach the rocks? You probably go pretty slow, and you'd probably test each rock with one foot before you committed your whole body weight to it. And so I think that's really the first major part of this is go slow. Don't rush this. It's a big commitment if you're going to purchase a franchise. You know, you think of some of the other big commitments in life, buying a house, getting married, having kids. I would put owning a franchise right up there with them in terms of the, the level of seriousness that we really need to bring to this investigation. So go slow. Don't rush it. You know, if you, if you run across these rocks, and to your point, you know, if there's moss on them or maybe they're kind of wobbly, uh, you might fall into the river. And that's, mm-hmm. not a, that's not anything that we want to do. So I think rule number one before we even get started is go slow. Now, the first step, I think the most important step, is you. Who are you? What are you good at? What are you trying to do? What kind of people do you want to manage? What's your management style like? Can you sell? Are you good at selling? What kinds of things can you sell? You know, I think managing people and selling tend to be foundational in owning and running a business. And you're going to want to think about your strengths and maybe some of the areas where you need some help along with that. Um, Geographically, where do you want this to be? So I think that first step is really about writing a business plan on yourself, not on the business. Look inward. Be introspective. Right? I call this the introspective self. And I find that when people sit down and envision where they're trying to get to, because a franchise or any business is just a vehicle to get you there. So before we decide on what vehicle we want, then we need to think about where are we trying to get to. So imagine, imagine that you are sitting in, in the beautiful Woodlands, Texas, on a, on a sunny mm-hmm. Saturday morning, and you say, you know, I want to go to Los Angeles. Okay, well, we know Los Angeles is west, and we know what Los Angeles looks like. It's not San Francisco or Portland. They're also west, but it's different. So once we know what our vector is, now we have that direction, right? We have a direction to go in. And I think that's the first stone is write down where you're trying to get to. And what are the components? If they're financial components, write them down. But write a business plan on you. That's the very first step. Then once you have that, You can hold it up to all the different franchise companies that are out there, and there are thousands of them across dozens and dozens of industry categories. So you have a lot to choose from. And the great thing about franchising is that we have case studies. So if we know who we are and what we're trying to do, then we can go and find concepts where the people who own them are hitting the kinds of outcomes that we have said, this is important to me. And you can create a universe of ideas to then go and start investigating. So that's the second stone is narrow it down to something that you can go investigate. Then, very common sense, go check them out. Do your homework. Learn about the industries. 
learn about the competition. You know, one of my favorite quips, I'm, I've probably told you this before, Paul, is, you know, if you're going to buy a food concept, go eat the food. Do you mm-hmm. like it? That's right. Right? Go eat at the competitions, restaurants. What do you think? But I find a lot of times by going and looking, you start really learning about things that you're not going to pick up if you're listening to you know, a franchise uh, development salesperson or looking at their uh, brochures or their website. Um, you know, Toyota, uh, the Toyota manufacturing process has a couple of, of precepts, and one of them is called Genshi Genbutsu, which in Japanese means go to the spot and see for yourself. Okay, Genshi Genbutsu. And I think when we're on that second stone, we want to go and see for ourselves what are these businesses all about? Who are the franchisees? What's the projected growth for the category? Uh, Let's go to the Chamber of Commerce. Let's meet people in our market who can help us grow the business and ask them, you know, what do you know about this industry category in? Houston or Denver or Seattle, wherever we are, and let's start building our data sets, right? Number, stone number two is we've got to start getting – and go meet the franchisor. Do you like them? I mean, one of the key parts here is that you're buying their support structure, right? A franchise is a marketing method that a business uses to grow. And so if we're going to be buying into that marketing method – we're also buying into the people who are going to be teaching and supporting us. So you got to go meet them and think to yourself, do I like these people? Do they know what they're talking about? Do I feel that they can support me as I build my business? And candidly, whether you like the business a lot or a little, if you don't like the people or your gut's telling you something weird, my advice, listen to your gut because think of it like dating, right? You go on a first date and it's horrible. Should you get married? Probably not, right? <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah. yeah. So, so go and see for yourself. And what happens through that journey on the second stone is you end up having one or two ideas that really resonate. You know, you've done your homework. If there's real estate involved, you know how much the real estate costs. I mean, you've become an expert in the, the metrics of the business. So you're going to take a long time on that second step. Once you have one or two ideas that you like, now it's time to really put them to the test. Take the third step. Go work in one of them. Go spend a day or two or a week or whatever you need following an owner around. Ask them if you can help them, you know, do whatever they need, but go and see, put yourself in the business. Now, franchisors aren't going to let you do this after one or two calls, right? They want to make sure that you are really interested before they start investing this kind of time and energy from their franchisees into you. So this is an award process, right? Again, it's like getting married. Just because you want to get married, they might not want to get married or vice versa. So on the, sec- the third step, go check it out as an owner. Go do it. And you know, whether you love it or hate it, either one's okay. And if you don't like it, then you're going to learn some components 
that we can then go back to the first step and say, you know what? I learned something about myself. I don't like doing this. Or you might end up and say, this was terrific. I, I can do this. And now it's starting to become real, right? Think of it like taking a car out for a test drive. You buy a car, you take it for a test drive. Do the same thing with the business. I think it's a critical, critical step. And once we've gotten that step completed, and if we say, you know what, I can do this, then we're going to take the last step, which is the legal and the financial. And, you know, that's a big step, but it's, interestingly enough, it's a very simple step. Even though I find people approach that legal and financial part with a lot of trepidation, because it seems like a big deal, right? We're hiring attorneys and we got to get money and all this kind of stuff. The reality is, it's, it's very well laid out. So if we purchase a franchise, we have to be disclosed through a franchise disclosure document, and we have to have an agreement. There are specialized attorneys like Tom Spadia, who you had on last week. There's a range of terrific attorneys out there who what they do is they review these documents. This is their practice bring one of them in, have them review all of your documents. If there's something that you don't understand, uh, you have to understand it before you sign it. On the financial side, there are a ton of different ways that you can finance a business. You can get an SBA loan or a commercial loan, or you can get a collateralized loan. You can use your retirement funds uh, to purchase a business. Uh, there are a myriad of ways that you can finance it. Your job is to figure out what is the right cost of capital to do so? And there are terrific firms like Fran Fund and, and a host of others that uh, will give you a full analysis of here's how you can pay for the franchise. So straightforward, that last step. But I think the most important step, really the one where people tend to jump over, is, is step number one. It's who are you and what are you good at? And if you approach it, I think, in this manner, just take your time, know why you're doing it, do your homework, that the people that do this tend to have much better outcomes than those who are trying to rush to a conclusion. And so from the Franchise MBA, you know, that's where we started the Franchise Consulting Company, which ended up uh, is now the, one of the largest consulting groups in the world with about 120 consultants uh, throughout the US, uh, an office in Toronto, Canada, uh, an office in Malmo, Sweden, which is FCC Scandinavia, uh, an office in Doha, Qatar, which is FCC Middle East, and an office in New Delhi, India. And our consultants are working with hundreds and hundreds of people every week through this process to help them understand, is franchising right for them? and then how to structure an investigation to go and find them. A little long-winded yeah, about that, but you, you, you got me on the journey, no, no, man. No, <laughs> no I, love, I, love the, I love the journey. And, you know, thinking as you were you're talking, you're, you're right. That first rock, that first step is often missed, especially when an individual uh, has an experience. They're in an ice cream shop or they're in some other type of business and they say, wow, I really like this. This was a great experience. I want to immediately know more uh, about it and tend to lose sight of themselves. 
Franchising and You is also brought to you by the national boutique law firm Spady Oliana. Learn more about Tom Spady and his legal team at www.spadialaw.com. Nick, we have a question from a listener in New York City. He says, uh, well, actually, he doesn't uh, say whether it's a he or she. Um, this person says, I'm 26 years old, have saved just over $100,000 over the past few years, working several jobs along with independent projects. In your opinion, why should I consider a franchise instead of just starting my own business? Starting your own business is a great way to go. Uh, there are a lot of downsides with owning a franchise. Um, let's talk about some of the downsides because you want to be able to make an analysis for yourself. So I think one of the biggest downsides with a franchise is you don't have the ability to grow it. You don't have that right. The franchisor owns that right. So let's say you purchase a franchise in New York and it does really well. And you say, oh, I want to expand to Long Island and Westchester and Northern Jersey. Um, you have to get permission from the franchisor to do that. And it may be that they've already sold those. So now you find you are in a business that can't grow uh, to the potential that you wanted to, which would be something that you would want to put in your stone one business analysis, right? What, what am I trying to get to? Um, you know, one of the other issues, of course, with the franchise is you have to follow the rules. You can't not follow the rules. You can't Absolutely. just come up with ideas. You have to follow their system. Now, the only reason I think that you would want to purchase a franchise where you can't grow it according to your desires and you got to follow someone's rules is that the system that they provide you is solid, that they're going to get you up and running and, and cash flowing. They're not going to let you start a business and blow yourself up. And that the value of the tools that you're getting the marketing, the operations, the technology, the systems, whatever it is, have a greater value to you than the value of the dollars that you're spending on purchasing them from the franchisor. Because remember, you can start anything on your own. You can, if it's a burger business, you can go start up you know, your burger business. You don't need to buy a McDonald's. So I think you want to do an analysis on what is it that you're buying, what is the support that you're getting, and is it worth it to you? And so I would take a piece of paper, put a line right down the middle, and I would put on one side, start my own, on the other, franchise, what's out there, and compare them. And you may go through the analysis and look at franchise concepts that maybe they're similar to the business that you're looking to start up. And when you do the investigation, you say, you know what? I couldn't replicate this system on my own for a million dollars. In that case, you're probably better off buying the franchise. And you know, on, on another note, um, if it's the first time that you've ever started or owned a business, it sounds like you're a very hardworking uh, person, um, you may find that the support and the structure with a franchise is a great first step. Because my fear always when I'm working with people is if you've never owned a business before, if you start something up, and it doesn't work out. Well, you're going to lose some money. You're going to lose some time. At you know, 26 years old, um, 
time has a different value than when you're 66 years old. You've got some time to bounce back. But I think that the really sad part is if you do something and it doesn't work out when you're young, you may say, I'm never going to do that again. And then you turn off the ability to go through that entrepreneurial door, whether it's through a franchise or something else. So I think do your homework and the answers will make themselves known. Does that make sense? If you great want to have advice. A question, yeah, great. You know. Really great advice. And I certainly want to give kudos to this individual who in just a few years at such a young age has amassed a $100,000 or over $100,000 in savings. It seems like you're extremely diligent. You know what you want. Um, listen to your heart. Listen to your gut uh, for sure. We appreciate all questions to franchising and you. Just drop me a note at paul at franchisefoundry.com. Before or during the show, we'll do all we can to answer your questions on the show. And, of course, if we don't have time, we'll still respond to you. Nick, before you know, time gets away from us, uh, I want to ask you a question. Where might our listeners look to purchase a copy of the Franchise NBA? Well, they could go on to Amazon.com uh, and purchase one. Uh, or, Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something uh, for all of your listeners today. If they would like a free copy of the Franchise MBA, um, email me, nick at thefranchisemba.com, and uh, we're going to get you a free copy of the Franchise MBA. Oh, that's very How's generous that? for you. Thank you. And also, they can see you at various expos that are out there on a relatively new project that you have. Tell our listeners uh, about that. And, of course, we're talking about the Great American Expo. Yeah, thanks, Paul. You know, one of the things that we uh, developed last year was a virtual reality platform uh, for franchising. And what we realized is a lot of times when we were working with clients and we were talking about different types of businesses, they would have a hard time envisioning them. And so uh, I sent teams of photographers out all around the country taking pictures of hundreds of different franchise locations with the permission of the franchisor, of course. We would just show up and start taking pictures. And uh, mm -hmm. so then we stitched these into virtual reality uh, images. And so now what we do when we're working with a client, we'll send out a VR headset free of charge and when you want to start taking a look at different options, you can put the VR headset on and be inside the business. So imagine you want to take a look at a, oh, I don't know, a Supercuts haircutting. Uh, you can sit inside of a Supercuts if you've never been to one and look up and down and around and go into the back office and go out into the parking lot so you can see what kind of real estate uh, you want to put them into. So that was really successful. And then we thought, you know, we can do this with a trade show as well. And so we created the Great American Franchise Expo. Uh, the website is franexpousa.com. That's franexpousa.com. And we do eight trade shows a year, major markets around the country, uh, with anywhere from 50 to 80 franchise companies, national franchise companies, and they're all set up with our VR platform. So when you go in, you can meet the founder or the CEO or the vice president of development and look them in the eye and have them talk about their business and then put on a VR headset and do a tour of the business. 
And then uh, we have seminars that are running. Uh, these are always on Saturday and Sunday. You know, when, you're, when people aren't working, right? We want to make it easy for you, and they're always in great venues. Sure. And, uh, and we've got seminars that are going on, on, on the legal and the financial and the marketing and the operations. So all of the things that you need to know about starting a business, you can go and in the course of several hours on a weekend, have a great education, meet a ton of people, and, uh, and start your journey. So our next uh, show is in Denver, Colorado. Uh, at the Denver Mart uh, next weekend, so this uh, coming weekend, one weekend from today. And then after that, on November 10th and 11th, we'll be in Raleigh at the Raleigh Convention Center. And that, you know, that's something that's near and dear uh, to, to me and to a lot of people uh, are veterans, Paul. And uh, so this is a veteran-themed show um, and if you're a veteran uh, in North Carolina, uh, please come. We've got all kinds of really special things that are going to be going on there. Uh, and this is in conjunction with the Veterans Franchise Council, uh, which is an organization from the franchise consulting company uh, run by a couple of fantastic veterans, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Cooley, um, Clint Stinnett, Kurt Kempfer, who, uh, who you probably know, Paul, um, and, and a bunch of fantastic veterans. Tell you a great story about Kurt. Uh, he won a Bronze Star in Vietnam. Not a lot of people know that. I probably just embarrassed him because uh, he doesn't talk about that stuff. But what a big heart! And these guys really do a lot for our veteran community. Uh, you know, in conjunction with VetFran. Um, so next year uh, we are going to be doing eight amazing shows uh, in Houston, Dallas, Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville. Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington, D.C. So if you're in one of those markets, uh, check out FranExpoUSA.com and um, print, out a, uh, print out a ticket, a free ticket for yourself. The ticket's on us if you heard about it through uh, this fantastic show with Paul Segreto. Well, I appreciate that, Nick. You know, I want to uh, take a little bit more of a dive, or at least let our audience know, because uh, I'm always intrigued. Uh, when I'm going through the franchise uh, MBA. And like I said earlier, I look at it both from the perspective of, you know, purchasing a franchise as well as assisting individuals. And I think, you know, when you're mentioning your VR headset, it falls right in line with, you know, the question, can you see yourself doing this? Well, what better way to see themselves doing it than plopping them right into it uh, through a VR, you know, VR technology. But on page 143 in the book, Chapter 12 on Franchise Development, Talk about you talk about the six stages of franchise development. And I think, you know, even from a franchisor perspective, uh, I referred franchisors, and as you know, I work, you know, exclusively with emerging brands. And they really are, are babes in the woods trying to understand what it's like to be a franchisor. And I always point them to this first stage, the glee stage and always try to refer them back to it at any point in the relationship with a franchisee when things maybe aren't going quite the way they thought they would from both sides of the, of the, of the line, so to speak. You know, the glee stage takes place when you sign the papers and get the keys to your new business. The business is now yours. You're very happy with the relationship. And I think it's important as franchisees, as individuals become franchisees, 
you know, to keep that in mind from their own perspective. But, of course, you very, very, uh, in my mind, perfectly set the stage, uh, no pun intended because you do mention this as stages, of the various stages they need to understand. Can you touch, you know, briefly on this, and I say briefly because it is, you know, more or less a complex process, but can you touch briefly on this of taking an individual, what to expect as they work through these various stages of franchise development? Sure, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've always felt that uh, we all, in some way, in franchising, stand on the shoulders of giants, and uh, I can't take credit for, for this structure. This is an amazing uh, gentleman named Greg Mason from the Franchise Relationships Institute. Yes. That, uh, they just do such an extraordinary job of helping franchisors run their platform because, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's like a giant family. Uh, Paul, I know you're from a big Italian family and I'm from a big Greek family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me tell you, there, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> you know all kinds of yeah. stuff, right? And so if, if you think about this franchise family, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of things going on for different people at different times in the development. And so I think Greg Nathan did an amazing job. Uh, and so I was fortunate to stand on his shoulders through the work that he had done. But here are the six stages. And, and I want you to think about these as you're – imagine you bought a franchise and you're going through it. And think of it like, like buying your house, okay, or maybe getting married, another two big things, right? You buy the franchise. What a great day, right? You've just taken that first step. We're going to call that the glee stage. Think about that when you bought your first house, right? You went in, it's yours. Or, you know, when, when you first got married or maybe that first date where you realized, I want to marry her, right? Glee, you're happy. Now, all of a sudden, we've got the fee stage. That is a little bit different. It's kind of like when you buy the house and the air conditioner breaks, darn it, and you got to pay for it. So now you start thinking about Mm -hmm. the fees that are involved, the fee stage. Then the next is the me stage. Here, you're starting to question your dependence on the franchisor, okay? And what are they doing for you, the me stage? Now, let's go into the next, the free stage. And here, I think you're trying to figure out if you can – Be your own person, right? Like, how are you going to operate within this system? And a lot of times, you know, I I used to see this all the time. We had almost 2,000 franchise owners throughout all these brands that that I was fortunate to work with at First Service. And, And you've seen it too, Paul, and maybe some of your listeners have experienced it, where people say, I could do this better. (laughs) I can do it better. You know, I want to do it my way. Well, okay, you can't. You have to do what the franchisor asks because that's how they can support you. And if you're not getting the outcome that you want, then they can go back and take a look at, you know, where within the process are things not working out. But if you're doing your own process, they have no idea what to fix. Right? Think of it like cooking. We're going to cook a big plate of you know, veal cacciatore or something, and, and it's really, really salty. And you go back and you look at the recipe and it says, oh, it's only a tablespoon of salt. I put in a cup of salt. 
Well, guess what? The next time, don't put in a cup of salt, right? That's how the franchise mm-hmm. is going to be looking at that. So that free stage, everybody tends to go through it, which is, can I test the boundaries of what I'm doing? You know, then from there, you're starting to have a real business, right? Uh, we call this the C stage. And the C stage is where, in essence, you, you and the franchisor are starting to get on the same page, right? It's kind of like in the beginning of a marriage, everything is fantastic. And then somewhere after, you know, a day or a month or a year, <laughs> depending on how you're wired, you know, you, you start getting into fights every now and then. And, and then at some point, everything kind of mellows out, right? And and you start really understanding your partner. And, and that's kind of the same in franchising. That's the C stage. And at some point, you guys really are partners. And the, the, the help, the support, the mutual respect, the admiration uh, is there. It's palpable. And if you look at franchisees who have 10, 20, 50 locations, earlier today I was talking with an amazing franchisee from Papa John's who, uh, boy, what, a, what an extraordinary journey he's had. And, you know, dozens and dozens of locations uh, that he owned. And, you know, it gets to a point at some, some point where you're in it together. And that's called the we stage. So think about that as sort of a, like a roller coaster going through a business where you have the glee, the fee, the me, the free, the see, and finally the we. And that's really the goal, right, is, is to get to the we stage where you are partners as fast as possible, understanding you're going to go through all kinds of ups and downs on that journey. Absolutely. And truly, like a marriage, the franchise relationship is an interdependent relationship. And that's something that absolutely has to be thought of going into it as well as being in it on both sides and for all parties involved in the franchise relationship and whose signatures wind up on the franchise documents. I really appreciate you explaining that development part because uh, I think it brings the entire book together. It brings the entire journey together because the journey just doesn't stop upon signing the franchise agreement. Uh, To me, it reminds me of the book and the movie The Midnight Express, where an individual um, made the wrong decision and tried to buy drugs uh, back in the 70s in Turkey. On his way home, he gets stopped at the airport. And, of course, they find that he has the drugs. And the movie you know, takes him through getting out of prison, which was the most horrific thoughts uh, imaginable. And uh, the book only takes you to the point where he actually gets out. But the journey beyond that to the train, the Midnight Express, you know, certainly is a, is a big part of that entire story. And certainly I don't relate, you know, a franchise relationship to the Midnight Express, only the uh, second part of the journey as being equally uh, intense, uh, if you would, with, with paying attention to detail and, and having the right attitude and something that you brought up uh, is a mutual respect, uh, building it Don't forget that when you sign the franchise agreement. You know, Nick, at the end of your book, at the very end of the epilogue, is a quote that is one of my favorites, and I'd like to read it. It's by Steve Jobs. Your time is limited. 
So don't waste it living someone's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. And I think that goes right back to what you started with about learning about you. Nick, I really appreciate your time this morning. Do you have any last comments or advice you'd like to share with our audience? If you're thinking about business ownership, I, I applaud you. I, I wish you great courage and fortitude as, as you look to investigate. Uh, business ownership is such a marvelous privilege that we have in this country. All of us came here from somewhere else seeking a dream. And the American dream, in my mind, is predicated on business ownership, giving you the freedom to look out over the horizon, to to chart your own destiny. It may be that a franchise is a good way to do it. It may be that starting your own business is the right way to do it. But if you're so inclined, learn about what's out there. Go and investigate. Maybe you'll find it's not the right thing, and that's okay. But if you have that interest, my advice is, is do it. Because the regrets that you're going to have later in life, they're not going to be about when you went and you did something and, and it, maybe you got beat up a little bit. The biggest regrets are always going to be the girl that you didn't ask out or, or the boy that you didn't say yes to or the, the time that you didn't carve out to do something that was meaningful. And definitely business ownership is one of those things that I find a lot of people, when I talk with them, then they say, you know, I wish I had started this back then. And I usually say, well, it's not too late. You know, now, now is what you have. But if you're thinking about it, uh, do it. Go and learn about it. And, and if you'd like, I would be happy to help you. We've got 120 amazing consultants throughout the United States in every major market who would love to meet you for a cup of coffee or lunch and talk about how we can help. Uh, go to thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com uh, for more information on that, and, and we would love to help you chart that journey to your own independence. Thanks, Nick. Again, I appreciate you being with us on a Saturday morning. Remember, all episodes of Franchising and You are available at blogtalkradio.com slash Franchising and You. I'd like to also remind everybody that Franchising and You is also sponsored by the great people at Retail Solutions. The professionals there help franchisees locate, negotiate for, and lease or purchase the retail space building sites or built to suits best suitable for their new business ventures. You can find them on the web at retailsolutionsre.com. I'd like to remind, again, our listeners to subscribe to Franchise Dictionary Magazine. In my column, Franchising 101, in the upcoming November issue, I'll be focusing on the difference between legacy and emerging brands. The questions I ask are, are you a better fit for a brand that's been established for many, many years? Is your entrepreneurial spirit? Have you more inclined to investing than a brand that is in a very early stage. Well, you have to wait a couple of weeks for the answers to the November issue of Franchise Dictionary Magazine. But of course, 
is a wealth of info on all issues. So go to the website and start reading today. That's FranchiseDictionaryMagazine.com. Along with listening to Franchising and You, I truly feel we're a great one-two punch as you explore franchise ownership. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for including Franchising and You as you explore the wonderful world of franchising and business ownership. And interestingly enough, Nick gave this same advice that we say every single week. Treatment. Wish it. Do it. We're excited to be part of your quest towards franchise success. Have a great day and a great weekend ahead. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.